Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And I am continuing a series of bringing back some of my favorite guests to see what has happened to them since COVID began. And I am so pleased and thankful to have Michelle Nere on the show today because he has mastered the art of storytelling. And I met Michelle through Mo Mondays, which is an amazing experience where you get to stand up on stage and tell your story for about 10 minutes, if I remember correctly. So welcome to the show, Michelle. Hi, Kim. I'm glad to be here again. (laughs) So tell me what has been happening in your life? I think the first time, and I'll put the link to the first uh, interview we did in the show notes. And I know we were focusing on Mo Mondays and telling your story, but I think a lot has changed since then because COVID hit and now you could no longer do live events. So talk about your life, what's been going on, you know, how have things changed? How have you had to pivot? Would just love to, to have you share. Well, thanks for asking, but you know, that's a big question. So, and the question, uh, God, I got to put myself back. So much has changed. (sighs) Let me think. Like, obviously, live events have been, you know, not safe enough to hold. So uh, we're no longer, in fact, I, I actually asked all the licensees to stop doing live events even sooner than it was government mandated, because just I was so concerned about um, how uh, transmissible the virus was and mm-hmm. is, and and I just did not want to be take that chance. I didn't want to any more Mondays to to ever uh, be responsible for turning into a super spreader event and all of that stuff. So we just put all of that on hold, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you know, COVID has been a blessing and a curse. You know, obviously it's been a curse and it's been terrible. My heart goes out to anybody who who was personally affected or a loved one was personally affected uh, by COVID. But at the same time, like any major catastrophic event, it it forces one, (laughs) me, you, presumably everybody to reevaluate what's working, what's not working, yeah. What do they want to do that they haven't been able to get to, but maybe now they can or or what have they been doing that uh, <laughs> that that they hasn't been giving them as much joy? You know, we get into a, a, a pattern of just continuing what we do each and every day. So uh, I'm going to put my gallery view so I could see you as well. 
so, the, you know, I went through the same thing. I said, okay, we're not doing live events, but obviously storytelling is still valuable. It's not like storytelling is going away. Storytelling is still how we communicate. Mm-hmm. We communicate with our friends, our family. We communicate with our tribe. We communicate with our customers. We still have customers somewhere, audiences. We still have, right, somewhere. They're online. So storytelling is not going away. Storytelling has been with us since the beginning of time immemorial. You know that anthropologists have pinned storytelling as one of the key evolutionary traits that we as human beings, that puts us on the, put us on the top of the food chain. Mm-hmm. It is so powerful a communication tool that we have evolved to respond to storytelling with things like oxytocin and dopamine. Um, you know, these are things that make us want more storytelling. So it, it just, it, it, it's incredible that we haven't been making use of it as much as we have formally. So that's not going away. And so I was thinking to myself, well, what could we, what could we do professionally to help more people take advantage of this? And I came up with an answer with that, something I've been meaning to do for a long time. But, you know, you get caught in the cogs of the wheels of life and you just keep going. But just as remarkably, Kim, there were things personally in my life that I've wanted to do for a long time and just haven't gotten to. And and I'm proud to report that they've come together. So, so yeah, so so I don't know where to start, but it's so exciting for me. I am I am I am in such an exciting place in my life. I love it. I love it when your passion and your purpose, they come together. Oh, oh. Because sometimes we have this passion, but it seems so counterintuitive to the purpose we feel we have. And then all of a sudden, it's like they come together. You know, um, when I was, I never planned on being a book publisher. I, I never thought about it. I wanted to write when I was a kid and, and that, and I had actually told that story at Mo Mondays, but you know, I never thought of myself as being a publisher, but my heart was always to help entrepreneurs that that's been my heart since young adulthood to teach, to train. I, I wanted to be a teacher when I was little, that was my main thing I wanted to do. I wanted to write and be a teacher and be a musician. So those were the three things, you know, as I got older and I became an entrepreneur, my heart was always to work with entrepreneurs that that was my heart. And so now, you know, when I, when I started ghostwriting for people and then a year in, I realized I need to form a publishing company. It was like my passion and my purpose came together and it was just, I was not fighting myself anymore. Uh, So did you ever pursue anything in music? Oh, I'm still heavily involved in music. Um, I lead the choir at our church. I'm part of uh, worship teams. I sing and play instruments all the time. So, you know, I, I love it. And even in that, you know, in, in the choir half of it, I really get to teach um, the people at my church. First of all, the physicality of singing, you know, how to do that properly, but also not just the physicality, but the emotional, spiritual side of music. And how it can become such a powerful tool in your life. And then giving them opportunities to perform. So, you know, all of that just comes together so beautifully. And it's like all the parts of me are complete. 
Oh, that I'm so happy to hear that. And music is a big part of my life. And music is a big part of the story that of the last two years. Mm-hmm. So, so why don't you tell a little bit about that? And then I want to hear how you pivoted Mo Mondays. Okay. So uh, Mo Monday. So, uh, uh, oh, okay. We'll do the music first. So ever since I was a child, I wanted to be a musician. When I was in grade six, my parents got me a guitar. You know, I took lessons. But, you know, I remember going to school one day, excited to perform a, an original song for my class, but didn't get a whole lot of love from them. You know, kids can be cruel. Um, they don't felt, appreciate the finer arts. <laughs> no, they're like, well, you know, it's like, well, who is this kid? I wasn't very good. Listen, let's be honest. I wasn't very good. <laughs> but somehow in my little brain, I came up with a, a belief. Now, some today might call it a limiting belief, mm-hmm. but I came up with the belief that I just guitar wasn't for me. It wasn't, uh, you know, I'd never be able to get the rhythm or the dexterity or all of that stuff that you need to play guitar. So, which of course I, was I a lie. Of, you just needed more practice. Well, probably, yeah, exactly. Now, about five years ago, a friend of mine came came visiting from Winnipeg and she had her little ukulele with her and I picked up her little ukulele and I said, I don't know, four strings instead of six, maybe I could do something. And I (laughs) bashed out some guitars and, or some strum, some chords that I remembered. And, and then I, 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 I had a little thought form in the back of my mind that, you know, maybe I could do this. And so I took up ukulele and I practiced and I practiced and I got pretty good. In fact, before COVID, I ended up uh, starting a band and we and we got booked for gigs. Uh, like, seriously. Um, now, it's not like music was always what had gone out of my life before that completely. I like you, uh, I became a singer and uh, and and it was something that I love to do. I'd get invited on stage by some of my pro friends. And and, you know, I mean, I'm I was good enough for performing as a singer. I did the usual. I went through the karaoke stage and the open mic stage and, you know, but then I, and then I had my, and my, the band members that were in my band when I was playing ukulele, they're pros like jazz musicians for fifth. And I kept that saying, I said, are you sure you want to play with me? You know, and eventually they got annoyed at me and they said, shut up, Michelle, we love playing with you. You're a good front man and you write pretty good songs, you know, so awesome because you realize I'd been a professional speaker for 30 years by then. And all of the presence, exactly. All the stagecraft, you know, went into performing, you know, they liked it. I wasn't the front man who shuffled his feet and just went from song to song without, you know, looking at the audience. I engaged them in storytelling. Because <laughs> <laughs> what else would you do, right? <laughs> well, exactly. So they liked it. But then, so then my friend Stephanie came from Winnipeg. She, she, oh, and then, and then, and then COVID hit. And I thought, well, maybe I should use the time to play guitar. So I went out, I got a guitar, I, I practiced, I think I just, I put in my first 10,000 hours the first week. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I bet your fingers were sore after that one. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think I think all the playing that I've been doing on my ukulele, were, even though it's nylon strings versus uh, steel strings. You built the calluses. Uh, I, I had the calluses and, and then I started writing now. And, and like I was practicing literally three to five hours a day. And and I knew I knew I had turned a corner when I was starting to write songs on the guitar instead of the ukulele. Actually, you didn't turn the corner. You came back full circle. Uh, Yeah. Which circle are you referring to? Well, you said when when you were younger and you first got the guitar, you started writing songs. Right. So now you had come back full circle on the guitar and you were writing songs again. But uh, you're absolutely right. But it gets even better. (laughs) It gets even better. Because uh, last week I, I, I fulfilled another one of my prefer- personal and professional goals is I did a, a, work, um, a keynote and it was a, it was a virtual keynote. I think there, there might have been 500 people across the country tuning in. It was a keynote about storytelling, teaching advisors financial advisors, how to incorporate more storytelling into their professional lives. I started with um, the story of me wanting to learn guitar. And I ended with a song that I performed live, virtually live, uh, and um, got a really a lot of good feedback. And it was very inspirational and entertaining at the same time for people. And so, so, and, and that really happened because I was having a, a, my pre-client interview, you know, just with, with the person talking about what we're going to talking about. And she noticed the instruments on my back wall. And she said, well, you're going to, you know, you're going to have to perform a song. And I said, well, I hadn't really, I've always wanted to, yes. Isn't that what we all go through? We're like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And it and it went really well. And I'm really pleased. So that's that was a big milestone in both my personal and my professional Goals. So you talk about how to how they they came together. So yeah, and on the on the Mo Monday side, I said how do I incorporate more storytelling or more training of storytelling? And I realized what sets the Mo Monday's style of storytelling apart from all the other. You know, there's so many speaker training courses and. You know, we'll teach you how to be a motivational speaker and blah, blah, blah. And, and I personally find them all lacking. I find them all uh, technique driven, manipulative, and they're not really authentic. And, you know, people have to try to be, be something they're not. They're not. Yeah. And, and, and so what, what makes the Mo Monday style different is that, and, and this is the feedback that I hear from everybody that I coach as well is that it really comes from the inside out. Yes. Let's first figure out what the core message is that we have to, that we want to deliver. And you know this from your, from your talking at on the Monday stage. So we created a website called Inside Out Storytelling, where the focus is on virtual training. In fact, we're just launching something today called 
the five neural hooks in storytelling. Uh, there's another virtual workshop on there right now called Cam Like a Pro. Uh, everything from, you know, how you fill your frame. Where should your head be? Uh, how big you should be? What, how dark or light should your background be? What should be behind you? Should you use a virtual background versus a staged curated background? Um, what audio equipment is important? Uh, you know, where should you spend your money, if anything? Because most people, you don't need to do this. Um, if you do it intelligently, you don't need to spend a lot of money. But audio equipment is one of the things that you that I do recommend. Yes, uh, that people buy. But anyway, so uh, and now this this site is as big as the Mo Monday site was before. When we get back into live events, it'll be the jumping off. I'm, Mo Mondays is not going away. I still hope to have Mo Mondays events uh, again, but we're still in a pause because we still don't know what's going to happen over the next four months, six months. Well, it's true, and and, and Michelle and I are in Ontario, Canada, and. You know, here they've kept things pretty still closed up. Like, you know, last December we went into basically lockdown, and we've been in some form of lockdown ever since. Now, over the summer, it's been, you know, it's been lessening, 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 but still. And right now, you know, our numbers were really good. They were coming down, coming down, coming down. Now we're starting to see them rise again. Uh, with uh, Canadian winter on its way, though you'd never know what the temperature we had the last few days. Oh, I went on my motorcycle yesterday. It was supposed to be one of the nicest days we had. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's been beautiful. But, you know, um, what I'm really hoping is, you know, soon they'll be able to release the um, vaccination for kids, you know, that, that 5 to 11. I think once that happens, we're going to see a massive drop in numbers. Right. But until then, it's like every day, it's kind of like, like right now, you know, the family and I have been talking about Christmas, you know, what is Christmas going to look like? Yeah. And and the answer is we just don't know. We don't, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. We don't know. And we probably won't know until well into December. Yeah. December 22nd. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was like with Thanksgiving this year. Like we just did not know. So, you know, the week leading up to Thanksgiving was when we made all of our plans because we knew what we could do and what we couldn't do. Right. So I I think, like you said, it's not that Mo Mondays has gone away, but, you know, from what I've been reading and hearing, at least in Ontario, you know, the government is hoping by March next year, you know, that, all of the restrictions will be gone. We won't have to wear a mask, you know, those kinds of things. And yeah. And that's, really that's assuming, that yeah. And that's assuming people, uh, everybody gets the right information and, mm-hmm. and stop thinking that there's a worldwide conspiracy and I know all of that stuff. But we won't yeah. go into that one today. <laughs> so Michelle, we have a few minutes left. So what I would like to do because your specialty is storytelling and our audience is entrepreneurs, professional speakers and coaches. Could you maybe speak just for a couple of minutes on some basic storytelling um, techniques that, you know, the audience can take and start to use today? Yeah, um, I'm happy to. Uh, and I think I'll say one thing. There, there are probably people listening to this right now thinking, oh, Either that's uh, stories aren't important for what I do, or they're saying, but I don't have any stories. That's or, what I hear the most is I, yeah, don't, I don't have, have any stories. stories. 
Yeah, I've got a story to tell you about that. Um, <laughs> I do. I do. I know. It sounds hilarious. Um, I think the first thing I'd like everybody to uh, consider is that replace storytelling has become a buzzword, and it's become something. It's almost like oh, this this fancy thing called storytelling uh, that you have to be great at, and 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 that's not at all true. Mm-hmm. Uh, replace the word story with the word example. I like that. I mean, it really is that simple. In fact, the people who try to turn it into a full-blown story end up making the story five times longer than it should be and more dramatic. You know, I'll tell you, this is how easy a story is. And and, and if you start replacing it with the word example. Mm -hmm. So this woman messages me on LinkedIn and she's a sales training coach. Mm-hmm. And she said exactly what you what you just said you heard from a lot of people. Said, I don't have any stories, but I decided to message you anyway, just to see what you have to offer. And I said, OK, and I'll just listen to her. And, and I said, what are some of the strategies you teach? And and uh, just engaged her in conversation. And, and so I don't even remember how we got into it, but she starts talking to me about how she um, she met a guy on her, possibly the, the next love of her life. And she decided to go on a trip to Machu Picchu with him to see, well, you know what, if, if we're still friends by the end of this, maybe there's some, <laughs> maybe there's some, you know, some hope there <laughs> hope for, for a long-term relationship. And she went in and turns out she, she employed, and it wasn't until I asked her the question, but it wasn't until she employed the same kind of questions uh, or the same kind of uh, thinking in how she approached her relationship with her future spouse uh, that she realized that there was a, a, an alignment with what she was teaching to her yeah. professional audiences. And I just listened to her and she's going on about this Machu Picchu <laughs> trip. And, and at the end, I just said, well, you know, it sounds like that would be a great story. You could tell your audiences and you could hear the silence. The <laughs> oh, and uh, she messaged me about a month later and said, Michelle, I, I used that story at a conference that I was giving and I made a 300% return on my investment in you. Thank you very much. Yep. There. Now, guess what? That was a story. That was a story. It was an example. Easier to. I've been working with entrepreneurs. You know this. I've been working with entrepreneurs. Every time I dig down to their core differentiation, there is always a story. In fact, uh, there's always a story behind it that they think is not important, but it is the most important thing they have. I tell. um, In fact, I I lead a, a whole workshop series called the Four Stories that Every everyone in business should have in their back pocket. There's okay. The cus- You're coming back on. You're coming oh. back on. Because <laughs> I think, I think, I think that would be awesome for my audience. <laughs> okay. You're it's okay. It's a deal. You know, one of the things that, I mean, I, I had some speaking training before I came on Mo Mondays. So I wasn't, that, that wasn't my first speaking gig but one of the things that i found really powerful about it 
was, you know, how do you condense your story down into the main elements that were needed? You know, because when I was given that time limit, I'm like, oh, that is going to be really hard because I like to talk and I can go on for a very long time. But it was such an incredible experience. And it actually helped me business wise because I did your event and then I did another event where I had to tell the story in about the same amount of time. And between those two events, I was able to refine my story down to the key elements that were needed without, you know, the story didn't seem like it was lacking. It was a full story, but I got rid of all the extraneous, extraneous stuff that the fluff stuff that re people really didn't need to know. And I came out of your event and the other event, which were, you know, within a couple of weeks of each other. And, you know, I had so many people tell me and have told me since, because I've now told the story many times, um, you know, about how powerful it was, because I talk about the power of words, you know, how I had words spoken over me as a child, you know, words that derailed my destiny. That's the other thing, too. You know, when you're telling your story, think of some delicious words, like, don't use everyday words like derailed my destiny right uh and how i had to overcome those words to now live the life i'm living now so you know and how many people have told me kim you know i've had the i've had words spoken over me yeah right so yeah. you know you know what we do as speakers we model behavior and we make it acceptable for other people to accept the things in their lives uh, yes. so that they can move forward. And so I think we we perform a very, very, uh, and that's one of the reasons why Momondays is is such a powerful platform is because it, it, it speaks to so many people in the audience and it makes it okay uh, mm -hmm. for them to move forward. They can't move forward. I love, by the way, derailed my destiny. There's a great line, <laughs> great, great line. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's a very, we, when we share our stories, we help the world. Yes. I truly believe is but by showing, especially our vulnerable stories, and it doesn't mean you have to cry and all of that. So it doesn't have to be a heavy one, but no, by being vulnerable, we lower everybody else's guard. Yes. And so I think it's very, very important. Because but yeah, you've I'm, allowed I'm very, them inside. Yeah. So now they feel safe to allow you inside. That's a nice way of saying it. That's excellent. I love that. There are two mistakes that people make. Specifically, you, 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 I think you were asking a question, how do we help people actually pare down their story to the essentials? Mm -hmm. Most people are afraid of writing their story down. And they think, oh, it's all in my head. I know my story. You can't edit in your head. No. You have to write it down. And then you realize in black and white or whatever color is on your screen, you see in plain view what is extraneous, yes. what is duplicated. Most people have three beginnings and four endings. So you don't need all that set up. And yep. once you've said your piece, write thank you <laughs> as your last word in your script. Because if you write thank you, that's going to say stop talking. Okay. <laughs> Or else you'll be, you'll be, you know, you'll think you need to say that one more time in a different way. No, don't do that. 
So there's a, a, another formula that I teach in part of my workshop, um, and it's a storytelling structure workshop. It's something called See the Cat Turn and Run Away. Oh, okay. See the cat turn and run away. C stands, uh, C stands for SC, the cat uh, setup. Mm-hmm. Then there's a triggering event. Something happens that sets the story on its course. Then there's a downward fall, which is the conflict. Yeah. Uh, then there's a turning point where you realize something could be different and changed. Then there's an uphill climb, a resolution, which comes to uh, a, a, a climax and, and a, a test of success that you know, you know you've turned the corner. So for me, it was that keynote that I gave last mm-hmm. week. And then, and then there's the wisdom that comes out of it. Yes. And the wisdom is the point of your story. A lot of people don't think hard enough about what is the point of my story. Why am I telling this story? What do I want people people to walk away with? Yes. Uh, and 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 here's here's the conundrum about your point. The perfectionists will say, "I'm not going to tell my story until I figure out my point," and the shoot from the hip people will say, "Well, I'm just going to tell my story because it's my story." And I'm not going to worry about what my point is. Yeah, the point will come later. Yeah, or if it if it or everybody has their own point, they'll take out of this. Well, neither one of those two extremes is a good idea. Yes, you you figure out your point by telling your story over and over again. Yes, and as long as you're constantly with this question mark in the back of your head, saying, "What is my point? What is my point? What is the part that connects?" and resonates with other people. How do I turn it into a universal truth? Up until the end, it's all I, 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 I. And I know that goes against many of the speaker training methodologies that are taught, but- But if it's your story, it's your story. So- Your story. So if you try to force a you, you imagine you're a little child and you're five years old and your parents keep you under the stairs for three years. It's not powerful. It's like, oh my God, I know you're talking about yourself. When are you going to just say it's you or whatever? Yeah. It's like, so just like, you know, it's not powerful because it's, it's, it feels manipulative and technique driven, right? But if you just, but at the end, if you say, don't let words derail your destiny. That's the only place that you belongs because that's where it's the universal. So we go over that in the training and we show, you know, make it easy for people to when to transition from the I to the you and, and what feels comfortable and all of that stuff and what's natural and authentic without, without it feeling manipulative or technique driven. We do all that. That is so awesome. I'm just like, my brain is like spinning right now. But we are now over time. So oh, you and okay. I you and I could go on, but I do I do want to have you come back and talk about the four stories because I think that you know most entrepreneurs don't realize I, I you always have to start with one story, right? Get get that one story down, right? But after that, you know, what are the other stories that you can tell? And so I am so interested to hear that. So well, Michelle, can I just tell you can I just tell you what those four stories are? Yes. Or I'll tell you one of them. One of them. You get a preview. 
<laughs> so the store, stories are everybody needs a customer journey story, which is like a testimonial story. And I just told one today. Mm. You need the um, why I do what I do story, but that's a generic story. Then mm. you need the how I do what I do. The how I do why I do. <laughs> the why I do how I do what I do. <laughs> and that's your secret sauce story. The why I do how I do what I do. And then the fourth story is your human story. Just, just let me know you've got a pulse. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And, well, and, yeah. You're coming back. You're coming. All, right. <laughs> All right, Kim. Thank you. So Michelle, how can, if people have heard this today and they're like, I need to learn this, how can people get a hold of you? Easy. Insideoutstorytelling.com. That works. And they'll find, and, and that's the jumping off place to, uh, Mo Mondays. So all the when when Mo Mondays events live or virtual come back, they're good, they're going to be posted there. Um, that also jumps off to my uh, keynote speaking and consulting side that I do corporately, which also has taken off incredibly well during COVID. So that's like the hub, insideoutstorytelling.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. This has been Michelle Nere and Kim Thompson-Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift that I would love to give you. Coming out this year, I am releasing my book, Author to Authority. And if you are an entrepreneur, solopreneur, small business owner, professional coach, or speaker, and you want to find out how to gain visibility and how to build your business bigger, stronger, faster, then I recommend that you download a free sample of the Author to Authority book at www.authortoauthority.com forward slash get dash the dash book. It's going to be a great resource for you that teaches the author to authority concept and the six key areas that you build authority in and how you can use a book to do it all faster. So don't forget, get your free copy today.